welcome to another episode of the First Strike Podcast, uh, now hosted on magic.facetoface.com. Uh, shout out to our sponsor, face2face.com, for all your needs for Magic the Gathering. And a big thank you to our Patreons at patreon.com slash firststrike, where you can donate to keep us going along. We got a great show for you today. Uh, KYT could not make it, so I'm here, your host, Elliot Fortier. We have with us Andy Peters, as always. Derek Pite, as always, and special guest Edgar, not going to say your last name, I'm going to butcher it, uh, off of a deep run in Nationals, which is going to be our first topic today. How'd it go, guys? Andy, starting with you, sum it up for us. Uh, I made a, a deepish, not top eight run. Uh, I was 8-2, and then I lost to a very handsome gentleman, uh, Edgar, is it Magalhaze? That, yeah, that, that's pretty close. That's that's good enough. Ooh, pretty close. Uh, yeah, so I, I lost to him, and which ended up being a winning in for him, but not necessarily for me. But uh, it was a weird tournament for me. It's uh, typically I, I would consider myself to be best at constructed, but I felt really uh, confident in this limited format, and I five one draft and only three threed constructed. In the end, losing to uh, Gabe Sang in the last round to not prize at a eight four but uh overall it was a little disappointing but i don't know i love competitive drafts Co- drafting competitively is one of the most fun things i could imagine myself doing and uh one thing that happened to me at the tournament that made me feel a lot better is i just lost i think to uh to edgar and someone came up to me who's a listener to the show his name's andrew and he came up to me and he said he's a big fan of the show and that he's a Patreon and part of the First Strike Nation. And honestly, that made me feel a lot better. Just when you're feeling down, just to know that like you have some sort of impact on other people uh, kind of healed my wounds after uh, the, the swift beating that Edgar gave me after our 10-minute deck check and five-minute match. All right, well, big shout-outs to him. Always, always great to see the nation coming out and supporting us. Uh, I guess with, with segueing, Andy getting thrashed by Edgar. Edgar, top eight run. You lost in the semifinals. Sum it up for us. Had to be tough. Yeah, I felt bad at, at the end for sure, but can't really be that disappointed when you run that, that well and uh, end up doing that well. But uh, yeah, I wish I could have closed one more match and, and made it to the, the World Magic Cup. But overall, it was a good tournament. Uh, I like my prep. I played a similar list to what I played at GP Pittsburgh. and. Uh, was pretty confident in standard because I tested so much for that. So I just focused on limited, and I also went five one in limited uh, in the Swiss. And I'm gonna be sad to see Dominaria go. It's a good draft format. Yeah. So before we went live, you mentioned that you you played black red mid range in standard, and then you also drafted black red twice. Was black red uh, an archetype you were looking to draft, or was it just kind of the way the seat went? Uh, it's kind of the way the sea went, but I also think it's an underrated uh, draft archetype in the format. Uh, I like to be in the Grixis colors, as I think most people do, but uh, I think people have pretty accurately figured out that blue is the best color in the format, so you, you get cut out of blue very often. So I find myself being uh, shimmied into black-red more often than not, and I'm okay with that, because I think like there's a lot of stuff going on. You get all the best removal. Which is, and I take the removal pretty highly because of how how long the games go. And then you have a really good inevitability engines if you pick up a Garna or Soul Salvage with a G2 Chronicler. Uh, it's just a really good way to have 
pretty insane inevitability against most decks in the format, which is what you need if you can't close the game out quickly. Yeah, this this draft format was insane, and and I think you're right about the the Grixis just being clearly the best colors. Like the commons run so damn deep in power level in some of the in those colors, it's quite incredible. Like the kicker guys are ridiculous, the the chronicler and the skin witch, and then in blue you just have a a three four sphinx for five that scries two, and it's a common. Like that card is insane. It's a bomb, and blink of an eye is a bomb. All three colors are full of just bomb commons, and that's why it's so easy to have multiple people at a table just have insane decks in those colors. Yeah, I totally agree. And and but even still, I think those those two drop kicker cards that you were talking about are are even still underrated. I find myself getting those skin witches late, and like just having those early in your curve just means that you don't have to play much else on those slots, and uh, instead you you get to have. This one three that blocks when you need to, and then also is really good in the late game, which is important. Derek, are you going to try to defend the green and white cards, or are you with them? Grixis is the place to be. No, I think I think the white cards are bad uh, unless you're in black white and you have like a very dedicated black white deck. Uh, both times I drafted blue green, and I generally like I think blue green is my favorite archetype just simply because uh, Grow from the Ashes and Tatiova are two of my favorite cards in the set. Um, I first picked a Tatiova in my first draft and thought my deck was pretty good. Uh, I think I got ran over by, like, uh, some pretty good cards in the format, I'm not going to lie. Uh, my, my deck just didn't really have the bombs that it needed to beat my opponent's deck. Like, my one opponent's deck had a, had a Weatherlight and a bunch of and a Traxos and a bunch of other um, legendary cards. And then my third-round opponent in the first draft was Mono Red. Had some real bad cards, but always managed to play Siege Gang Commander uh, the moment they hit five mana, and then always played Varric's Kicked the moment they hit seven mana. So I felt like uh, it was not my draft to win, but like I also did not practice draft as much as I practiced standard, so I probably maybe didn't read my seat properly or maybe missed a couple uh, blue or green cards or even splash cards that I could have played that would have fit better in my deck um, going forward, but also, the fact that I haven't drafted that much means that I don't know where my mistakes were. If I had any, uh, I just know that I probably made a couple. Um, as for standard, I went 3-2 uh, only because I didn't finish the last round because I, I was X5 and didn't feel like playing anymore. Um, I got paired up against a white-black Penalia deck in round 11, which is pretty much pushed out of the format, but is black-blue's worst archetype to be paired against simply because history banalia is such a house against you and fatal push does nothing against it. Um, as for the rest of the event, my other loss was to Lucas CO for the four Oh slot. Uh, and he was on flame of Keldred and I didn't really do anything. And he ran me over like the deck was supposed to. Um, I was very happy with my constructed deck. Uh, I feel like I should be happy with the deck. I bring to a constructed event. Um, I didn't play black red. I played blue black again, and I still feel like going forward, if this format was relevant, I probably still can play black blue. Uh, I talked with a lot of people about whether black blue is better than black red, and a lot of consensus was no, but it's extremely close. And I actually do think that black blue is better, but it also doesn't matter anymore. So it doesn't matter if I'm wrong. Got him, and that's how my event went. Uh, Andy, you played blue-black midrange as well, right? Do you have a, do you echo his thoughts, or is this more of a you've played the whole format sunk cost 
sort of deal? Uh, I, pl- I played it at the RPTQ and crushed it, and I played I played it at Pittsburgh, and I did, I was doing very well, and then ended up kind of s- sputtering off. So I couldn't really put it down in like a four week span doing that well with the deck. So I I decided to stick with it. I, all three of my losses were to black red uh, in the tournament, hmm. and uh, the decks I beat were just like control control and uh, a, a steely stompy deck, which is apparently the best deck in the format according to to match at the gathering online results. Yeah, so I lost to Black Red three times, and it felt pretty bad every time. I uh, I just kind of got th- thrashed. There's a couple times where if I like drew a Scarab God, I won, and against Edgar, if I drew a second blue source, I would have won. But honestly, I think I made a mistake that game. So the blue-black deck is uh, pretty tough to pilot sometimes, and I think uh, the Black Red deck, while not being like incredibly easy, is certainly more forgiving. So... If uh, if the format mattered at all, I would probably just recommend playing Black Red. So we've talked a bit about Canadian Nationalists so far, but we can't really have a recap without congratulating the winner, Micah Hewer, and the other member of the Canadian National team, Adam Ragsdale. Uh, both of them had obviously amazing runs, both of them playing Black Red Aggro. Uh, have you guys seen a ch- gotten a chance to look at the metagame breakdown from the Nationals? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a lot of black red and a lot of mono red, and then everything else is just like like half the number of either of them. Yeah, so it's about about thirty three percent chain whirler decks, and about twenty percent ish scarab god decks, and then a mixture of blue white and mono green decks for the rest, and some rogue stuff. You know, most of what we expected, really. But uh, seventy three copies of red black aggro. 51 copies of mono red just completely dwarfing the rest of the decks is is that what you guys had in mind when you were looking for it or yeah it's pretty impossible not to expect those two decks as to being the most played decks after their incredible amount of success in every tournament since chain whirler has been legal i think the the most surprising thing was the amount of control decks and green decks that were showed up uh i fully expected Black red to take up probably fifty percent of the field, and mono red to take up like twenty five percent of the field. Uh, I, I had this conversation with Morgan at one point. He said people who are playing chain whirler are probably just insane, and he even specifically told me I was insane for not playing it. Um, and every every single person in the room who had pro tour success in the last couple of years uh, was probably playing black red or was playing blue black. And I think that like. I don't know. It's 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 hard to argue that the deck's very 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 good when you have even people who aren't regular grinders uh, consistently winning with it. In uh, Micah is his name, yeah. And like I don't want to talk down his success, but him just kind of like coming out of nowhere and winning this this event like makes me believe that the deck is probably just very powerful in essence. And uh, at a level one, it's probably more powerful than at a level one in most other decks. And so like, unless you want to put in the time and effort to get into like a level 10 with a blue black deck or a control deck, like you're probably just better off playing a chain roller deck because like Andy said, it's very forgiving and very powerful along the line. Uh, and all the other good players in Ontario seem to think, or in Canada seem to think that the deck's pretty busted, including our good and wonderful guest, Edgar. Yeah. So, uh, Micah had a pretty, uh, an interesting moment. There's a good, cool story that uh, we, we have involving him. So me and Edgar were getting deck checked in round 11. And uh, 
uh, we look over and he uh, was playing a black red, no black red versus like some green red deck. And he draws for his turn and he just looks at his opponent and goes, I drew a Chandra's defeat in game one. I'm just going to concede. And he just packs it in and concedes. Even though he like doesn't have to, doesn't bother like calling a judge. He's just like, I'm sorry, you get the win. And just moves on to the next game. What I think if you call a judge in a lot of those spots, they just like, you forfeit your draw and they let you deboard. Is, is that correct, Elliot? Yeah, that's exactly the fix. That's uh, what that happened to me at the RPG. Yeah, you swap out the swap out the card that shouldn't be there. If it uh, if it was drawn, you don't get another card. But it, uh, other than that, there's no game loss or anything. Um, so so really honorable that he would do that. That he made a mistake that you know in the past has been a, a game loss, um, and he felt that you know he didn't he didn't really deserve to win the match with uh, or win the game rather with that mistake. Um, so yeah, really interesting to hear about that, actually. Black, red, karma, aggro. There we go. That's what he used to win the tournament, his good karma from that concession. What does, yeah. that, what does that say about you, Edgar? <laughs> I guess I didn't rack up enough good karma. <laughs> now, it is sort of a little awkward to be talking about this standard format, since, as has been mentioned, it's uh, sort of dying, but... Uh, did you guys see any any cool decks in the field that you thought uh, might be the real deal? Like, I know we had a blue-black improvised deck in the top eight. Is that is that real? Should people be bothering with that? Or should we just pack up this standard format and move on? Yeah, absolutely not. I, I think I'm, I'm under the firm belief that if you're not playing Chain Whirler in this format, you're making a mistake. And, like, people have had time to innovate. Like, the standard format was pretty fresh even come the pro tour and since then there's been another three or four weeks of competitive tournaments and i think that people have figured out that if you're not playing chain Whirler, you're you're kind of doing it wrong so some of the people playing blue black might have have their reasons but i think that if the sta- there weren't so many cards rotating out in three months and if there were more relevant competitive standard events we would be seeing some bannings i agree with that here i think yeah. I think if you're not playing Chain Whirler, uh, you're doing it wrong. As someone who's like had varying success with the blueback deck, uh, I don't think you should be playing any other deck. The only thing I have, I think I have the success with the blueback deck is because I play probably ten times Magic than anybody else, and uh, my experience is just uh, different in comparison to uh like the average person who's going to be playing a, a nationals or a pre TQ or whatever with their red black deck. You should just be playing the most powerful deck um instead of learning a deck really deep. Alright, so maybe you heard it here last goblin chain whirler good and standard. Let's uh let's move on. Skip straight over modern right into legacy. The legacy format shaken up by two bands. Edgar, I know you're big into legacy. Andy and Derek how much do you guys play Legacy? How much are you guys into it? I'm going to be playing probably a bit more Legacy than I would normally because I'm qualified for the Legacy Pro Tour, but uh, I don't play Legacy. I think the last time I played Legacy, actually, I beat Edgar. So scoreboard on that one. Um, we can tell that story later. But yeah, I'm not a huge Legacy fan. I'm just really great at Legacy. So, yeah. Uh, I follow Legacy. Uh, I unfortunately live in a town where there's zero legacy live events ever. So I, I just don't play. I follow it, but the last time I played legacy was like GP New Jersey 2014 or whatever it was. 
back when Treasure Cruise was legal and it was the Wild West of Legacy. So it looks like Edgar has all the Legacy chops for the show tonight. Edgar, what do you think about the two bands? Um, I am both a little disappointed and not at all surprised. I would have preferred if they banned the Taxium Probe and left Deathrite Shaman alone for a little while just to see how the format would have flushed out. Uh, I do think that Probe was the issue with the Delver decks and that there were plenty of fair Deathrite Shaman decks, for lack of a better word, that um, were doing good things to the format. I, I played a lot of four-color control, for instance. Uh, but the way it is now, so be it. Deathrite might have gotten the axe at some point, so doing it now is not necessarily a, a bad thing. And I think that this is going to have a pretty big change to the format. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause some, some ripples that I think people don't fully understand. I think people are kind of just looking at the immediate future in terms of deck selection when it comes to uh, there being no Deathrite Shamans around anymore. Like People are saying like Lance is going to get better because you don't have to worry about Deathrite and stuff like that. But I don't think they're looking at the bigger picture. There's a lot of decks that were oppressed by stuff like Grixis Delver that are going to come into fruition now. Um, stuff like Sneak and Show, which I used to play a lot of, that you really couldn't when Grixis De- Delver was the best deck in the format. So there's going to be a lot of changes. Uh, a lot to test for for the PT. I am the Legacy seed at our, for our PT team, most likely, so I have a lot to figure out. And do you think this was a good time for a shakeup? Do you think that we needed to see Probe and Deathrite gone before the Pro Tour? Or do you think that they should have let Legacy stand as it is and then maybe make changes afterwards? Yeah, I think Probe should have gone like a year ago or some, something. Uh, I, th- I think now is a good time. I, I'm, I'm not at all surprised that it was right now because it gives people the least amount of time to settle down on a metagame for the PT, so at least it's going to look pretty fresh over there. Um, so yeah, I, I think it was a good time. I just wish that maybe they asked Probe and not, not Deathrite. Andy, do you have any thoughts on the bannings? Are you ready to loose the goose? Yeah, uh, I think the, the coolest part of the bannings is that Nimble Mongoose gets to come back. I love that little rascal. Little one, one mana shroud. It, it's such an innocuous card. It looks like crap. You're like, how do you win games with this 1-1 one, one that like eventually is a 3-3, three, three, and then you realize that it's uh, goddamned unkillable, and when you counter every spell they play and your opponent gets to have no lands, it does not matter what you kill them with. And that's why I love Nimble Mongoose. But uh, yeah, Edgar's right. There's... there's the range of what this does to Legacy is so far beyond of, like, the decks that don't play Probe and don't play uh, Deathrite get better. It's like, now lands, while you would think on the surface gets better, it loses its, like, matchup that it was trying to punish so much. Like, quite literally, with Punishing Fire. And now it has to try and kill this little 1-1 Shroud Boy that it can't kill. I, I, I am glad to see Deathrite go, though, because I think it just lets people get away with too much. I think it's a little too powerful, in my opinion, being being it what it is. The like the only upside to it, I think, is that it like helped keep some unfair decks in check. But it's just like you had to play this card in whatever deck you're playing, and you would just have to skew your mana base because it's just the best Birds of Paradise Grim Lava Mancer ever printed. So I like that not every deck has to play it now. It sucks that it had to go because of what it does to help the health of the format in some aspects. But it is too powerful. It's it's hard to argue that it's not too powerful. But Legacy is full of things that are already too powerful that they just lit happen. Which is a whole can of worms I don't think I ever want to open. My ban brainstorm thoughts all over the place. But 
I don't know. Maybe it's not fixable. Brainstorm's what it's all about. And Derek, you mentioned that you're going to be playing a bit of Legacy leading up to the Pro Tour. Do you have any thoughts for where you're going to start? Um, I probably won't be playing that much Legacy. I'll probably just be reading and watching. Um, like, I don't know where we're going to start. I think we're probably just going to listen to what Edgar and Dilk says about the format and then just work from there simply because of our inexperience. Um, like, I knew that we were talking about Sneak and Show before. Uh, and then they banned the deck that it's worst against. So I assume that's where most people will start, us included. Um, obviously, there's so many other decks in the format. Like, I don't know if Elves gets better. I think Storm probably gets better. Uh, I don't know if, like, random other, like, Red Prison gets better. Like, I don't, I don't know, right? Uh, we'll probably just test an, an array of different decks. Um, I'm really more excited to figure out what's going on with Modern. Um, but, yeah, Legacy is... Gonna be fun and interesting. I wish they would ban the reserve list. That's what I want. Derek, are you excited about modern? Uh, uh, I mean, I like challenges, and modern is going to be a challenge. Um, I think standard and legacy or, or whatever, I think modern is going to be one of the hardest decisions for deck construction that. I have made in a while and I'm not even playing modern uh, specifically for this PT. Um, and I don't really know what else to say other than that. I think it might be a super hard decision, but I bet it's the one that matters the least. It, maybe, maybe it matters the least in, in like a world sense, but like personally, I would like if the modern player tried to win you know what I mean? So like putting putting in effort and trying to figure out if they're playing the best deck for the format and not abyssing value, um, because like other people will know that it's the best deck in the format or whatever, or like because modern's such a a weird uh format where like every deck is is beatable, but only if you like have a million sideboards card for it. Um that's how I feel about like KCI. Uh like Maybe we should play KCI. Maybe we should play humans. Maybe we should play some other random deck. You know, it's 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 going to be really hard to make the right decision. I think for modern specifically. So you mentioned KCI there, and well, well, Probe and Deathrite did get banned in Legacy. One of the one of the things we didn't see was a banning in Modern. A lot of people calling for Ancient Stirrings to go. I'm sure Edgar did not want to see that, uh, and it did not get banned. Do you guys have any thoughts on whether it should have been banned or something else should have been banned in Modern? Did things need to change before the Pro Tour? What are your guys' thoughts? Andy, let's start with you. Um, is Ancient Stirrings too powerful? Yes. But in, in the context of modern, you're not going to fix it by banning Ancient Stirrings. So I, I'm not sure if uh, that means you should should not ban it because like it's not going to affect that much. But it is clearly too powerful. And uh, Matt Nass has shown that if you're like, you can just beat everybody with KCI week after week at a like virtually professional level events so that that there scares me just like a player winning two gps with with one deck is pretty insane so and ancient strength is the card that helps out the most and it also is insane in tron everyone hates tron anyway so everyone wants that deck to get hurt like if you could splash damage tron with your banning everyone's gonna love you Except the Tron players, and, and who cares? Edgar, do you have any thoughts? You kind of gave me the smirk when I 
when I mentioned Ancient Stirrings. Yeah, that would uh, that would destroy my favorite deck. But uh, I, I do think that Stirrings might be a little too good. I also think that Mox Opal might be a little too good, but that's a that's a whole other discussion. I've, oh, I've been... Oh, oh, <laughs> takes by Ender. Wow, these two broken cards are too good in the format. Free mana and green ponder. Wow. I think... I think Stirrings has a slightly higher deck building cost than than Mox Opal, although it is pretty trivial. I, I've been calling for a Mox Opal ban for a while, but maybe maybe the inherent issue is Stirrings and the splash damage for Tron is also nice. But to be honest, I think Modern is fine right now. I think no bannings is also okay. I think KCI is not an issue. Um, people have basically since. Uh, since a year or two years ago the 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 most recent best deck has just been been on the chopping block for a banning by the by the public magic community for for a while and modern just corrects itself like people are going to figure out how to make bkci i've seen more surgicals in the sideboard which is a hard card for them to beat people are people are going to correct and and it's going to fix itself and i don't think it's going to be an issue for the pt yeah, throwback to that time that we all thought Lantern should be banned. <laughs> or all the people were talking about Lantern being banned, and now it's like, I haven't seen a Lantern deck in forever. Yeah, the same thing with Death Shadow, right? Like, people were talking about Grix's Death Shadow being banned, and that, that deck's like a joke to play right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've watched, I've watched Matt Nass goof around and play, play KCI on stream with uh, Sam Party. And I watched them play very weird and loose games and still just, oops, accidentally drew it. Turn three, you're dead. Or like, oh, we have it out in this. Then they draw a different card. It's like, oh, this kills them anyways. You're, you're go. And it like, it won uh, a side PTQ at a, uh, at a GP. It won the Moto PTQ last weekend. It's like, uh, Matt Nass has won two Grand Prix with it. It just seems to me that when the deck has this amount of results where like the deck's really hard to play, it just I think I think that means that the deck's broken and people just need to learn to play it. And of course you can put surgicals in your sideboard and all these things, right? But um maybe maybe the KCI player can just correct themselves and learn how to play against that and learn how to beat the surgical or learn how to beat a stony silence or learn how to beat a dampening sphere or something. Uh I don't know that the deck just seems very overly powerful. It seems very uh, Summer Bloom esque to me, um, and that's that's where I stand on the deck. I think I think something should have been banned. I don't know what it was. Uh, I think maybe after this PT, uh, we'll we'll know for sure. Deck's too powerful, though. I think. Yeah. So so Edgar, when you were talking about uh, Mox Opal being too powerful, I tend to completely agree with you, but I feel like it's. Uh, it's just such a glue piece to so many decks that it, and it's a very, very expensive card that like wizards is going to, I don't think wizards will ban it. They'll ban other pieces around it strategically to not ban this like $90 card when it's like, it sucks because like affinity is this weird deck where it sits uh, in my opinion, it's always been like the perfect deck in modern where like, it's like very good. It's like, has some like sort of broken draws. But it's pretty beatable, and I don't want to see a world where you can't play Affinity. I but love Andy, that deck. the secondary market doesn't exist. Well, 
Like they banned wow. Rampinap Ruins and not Hazaret. So like they know. Edgar, Edgar is so they know. smart. Oh my gosh. I wish I was as smart as Edgar. Rampage and Ferocidon, not Hazaret banned. Like they obviously are are doing these kind of decisions for like I th- they know they recognize the markets there, even if they they can't admit it. I think if the red deck doesn't have house right, it can't win. Hot take. I just don't think it can. Yeah, hey. that's why it didn't get banned this this season because Hasra's going to rotate. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Anyways. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Sorry, rampaging frost is a rare, and they banned it. That means big deal. Yeah. It's not they, a mythic they, rare though. They mythic banned an rare. uncommon. They banned an uncommon man. And a tomb with Aether. Yeah, like, come on. Wizards. To be fair, that, that was the broken card. A tune was the broken A tune was very <laughs> busted. <laughs> Imagine. You can play any colors you want, and it draws you a card. Whoa. <laughs> I, I did love a, a Twitter post I saw when the, the banning slammed down. It's like, you're going to show your kid one day and be like, listen, this here is a memory jar. It was way too broken for standard. And this, this little thing right here, fetches a land and you get two energy that two energy could be a plus one plus one counter it could be two-thirds of a thopter it was broken i just i wish i i really hope they unban rogue refiner at some point i love me some mid-range mirrors uh, i was really hoping they would have done it for this format but i guess it's just still too powerful for my little standard format but uh, yeah, I don't, we're really looking forward to it. Hopefully, the modern, uh, hopefully, KCI isn't as broken as I think it is. I, I think everybody thinks that I, uh, what's the chicken little it? Like, this guy is falling. They unbanned Jace the Mind Sculptor. Ah, you know, uh, KCI is busted. But I, I, I've talked to a lot of people about this, and a lot of people have also agreed with me that uh, KCI is a very, very, very powerful deck. And I, I don't know, just shoving. Some surgical extractions in your sideboard is really going to do it, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, they they could start playing like relic to relic themselves, get some hot tech. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, um, that one might be loose. Maybe. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> you can't ever activate it to draw a card, or the whole loop's gone. Yeah, to touch on what what Derek was saying about learning to beat some of those hate cards. I played uh, KCI in the Modern Open Plus side event at Nationals this weekend. I played it with the practice of reading two articles the night before and then scrapping together the deck in the morning. I played it against five people who cast multiple Stony Silences, Rest in Pieces, and Damping Spheres and somehow managed to beat all but one of them. Uh, so I think the deck is the real deal. I'm not, I'm not the greatest player by any means. And uh, if I could figure it out, I think that enough people, given enough time, will probably figure it out. So. My opinion, at least, maybe something needs to go. Uh, uh, what what deck uh, beat you that uh, play didn't play a super hateful card? Uh, my three losses in the tournament, I went five and three, were to humans who you know he didn't play Kataki, didn't play anything too too crazy, but had a fast clock and some meddling mages. So I don't know if you want to count that. Wow, that uh, deck sounds good. No hate <laughs> cards, all main deck cards, and they kicked your butt. Yeah, humans humans might be a pretty good deck in modern. This might be up there with the Goblin Chain Ruler's good take. Uh, my other loss was to a, a blue-white control deck that was splashing for Lightning Helix, was 
how my opponent described it to me. And uh, I lost to sort of like four perfects. You needed to be exactly Stony Silence one turn, then exactly Logic not another, and then Cryptic Command into Cryptic Command uh, in game three. So probably could have been at that game, but things didn't go my way. And then my last loss was to Merfolk, who played two Relic Progenitus. So I don't know if you want to count that. I also punted that match. So uh, take that as you will. KCI probably broken. No, I almost did well in a tournament, guys. This deck is stone busted. I mean, when you're as bad as me, that might mean something. I was on the cusp of a top 16 in a face-to-face open, boys. On the cusp. I, I believe that was my winning into top 32 that I lost. I'll have you know. My, fa- oh, my favorite part uh, of playing modern is where we're all just like, yeah, I was playing this deck and it's doing pretty well. And I think like it's really good, but I just lost to humans. You know, sometimes they they don't get the good cards against you, and they still just crush you. And you're like, huh? Turns out playing a bunch of little dorks and smashing your opponent's face in for free when they can't counter your stuff because you have neither bottle in place, pretty good. Uh, Meddling Mage and Kite Sail Freebooter do God's work in that deck. Yeah. It's just like they have main deck hate cards versus everything, and they also could just play a bunch of the Mantis Riders and kill you very fast. Yeah. They just get to do whatever they want, because that deck is the best deck in Modern. The real thing I want to know more about, though, is the best deck in Modern, the deck that has no bad matchups, uh, Amulet, as it's been called in past. Um, Edgar, how do you feel about playing Amulet against the field? Uh, it's less good right now than it's been in, in recent memory. Uh, actually, at the face-to-face ultimate showdown, I didn't even play it because of the decks I expected to play against uh, that day. But it's like always pretty good. It's a it's a nice proactive strategy, and like it, it, I understand that it's a pet deck of mine, and I get a little bit of percentage from knowing how the deck works better than all of my opponents. Uh, but the KCI matchup's not great. The humans matchup's fine. It's I think it's favored, but it's not fantastic. The the Marty matchup is good, but like sometimes you just get Blood Moon, so it's not in, in the best position right now. And I think people are going to start playing more Blood Moons too, which is not fantastic. So I don't have to worry about it. I'm not playing Modern at the PT. That's, that's Goldfarb's uh, prerogative, so I don't have to worry about it for now. We'll, we'll see how Amulet is in like a month or so when I play my next Modern Grand Prix. So, so everyone's talks about like Mox Opal and Ancient Stirrings being banned. Do you think anything in humans should be on like the watch list? And if so, what do you think it should be? All their cards are so medium, but actually yeah. insane at the same time. What, what's bannable from that deck? Ban like, the land. Ban uh, yeah. You could ban the not not cavern, the other one, unclaimed territory. Unclaimed territory. Wow, that just sounds abysmal. Yeah, I mean, don't they just start playing a bunch of ancient ziggurats instead? Life will find a way. We already, yeah. we already play Ancient Ziggurat. You can't cast either Violet Base and Ziggurat. Yeah, that's true. All right, it makes it makes the deck significantly worse, right? All right? Let me pull up a humans list and see if there's anything. No, you have to do it from memory. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Knock Caverland would be like the genius ban of like it's the, it's the same thing as banning Cavern, but some other decks like to play Cavern, and it'll hurt their mana base enough where they might have to stop playing one of the colors. I mean, that's that's the card that made the deck pop up again, right? Or pop up for the first time. I mean, I, I don't think humans is too good by any means. Like, 
it's pretty easy to oppress a human's deck if you want if you want to beat it. Like I, I know that people think that blue eye red's not as favored against humans that they, that most people think, which is true. But like it's still a good matchup, I think. And like just any fair deck is just gonna destroy it. So I, I don't I don't think we're ever gonna get to a point where humans is completely destroying the format or anything. It's just a bunch of tutus and stuff. <laughs> Do you think it's the best deck though? Uh, I think objectively, probably. I think if I was in, in clear mind, I might play it. But I, I don't think it's by, like, a wide margin or anything. What are your top five modern decks? Uh, besides Amulet, probably, like, Tron, Humans, Hollow One, KCI, and Jeskai, something like that. I, don't th- I think the Marty deck is trash, to be honest, so I, I will not include that one. Wow, that is a hot take. <laughs> and I hate using the phrase hot takes. You said it three times this cast. You've said it three times this cast? Or oh yeah, yeah. This is the hot take cast. Get your hot takes with your hot cakes, you know. Um I've heard a lot of people say that Mardu is the truth. It's the next gen deck. And they're out here spouting spouting that playing Blood Moon's really good. But uh I don't know. I don't play a lot of modern, so I just usually if I were to play, I would play definitely play humans. Because that deck seems like a lot of fun, and you get to smash face. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would. Com- I completely agree with Edgar's top five, except Jess guy would be Mardu. So, lukewarm take. I think that's reasonable. Celestial Colony is also pretty miserable. I-, I think. I think either one is a distant fifth. So to sum up, so far, Legacy bans pretty good. Modern no bans pretty good. How are you guys on standard no bans and and Keeley? Uh, something some some people were talking about. No Teferi Errata. People were talking about erratating Teferi Hero of Dominaria so that it can't target itself with its minus three, remove its ability to be a win condition. Andy, what's your take on that? I feel like it's not necessary. Like the the, the blue white deck has proven to not be like this insane dominant force that like we were worried it would be. I understand that it's miserable for tournament play, but uh, I, I don't think an Errata is necessary for Teferi at all. Certainly not yet. Like it's possible in the future because if you look at like the control decks, they uh, they keep a lot more cards than other decks get to keep. Like they get to keep as Canta, Bloodfast, Raska's Contempt, and uh, Syncopate. So maybe those decks get too powerful later. But I, I'd like to live in a world where we don't ban cards in standard anymore. Obviously, that's in, in, feels ridiculous to say considering how many cards are banned right now and i'm glad some of them are banned for the health of the format but not the health of the andy but uh i think yeah errata sounds ridiculous to me i don't think they should errata it i understand functionally it was probably a design mistake but whatever we'll live with it for a while until it gets too good i guess but that's not today that's not now and your anti-ban chain as well uh so I would understand if they banned it. I think it is too good right now, but I think that it's just such an easy, safe move for them to let rotation happen and let this format just kind of suck for a little bit. Even even if you want to say that it sucks, let it at least be stale for a while and ride it out until the, the format rotates. Like Red decks are losing Bomat Courier, which is just a, an absolutely ridiculous card, and they're losing Hazard, that which is another absolutely ridiculous card. So maybe the red decks will be more tame in the future, but for now, I think you just let them let them have their time. Don't ban a card that might be fine later. Chandra too. 
Yeah, it's, sometimes you forget about Chandra because you die to Hazard so much faster. <laughs> Glorybringer as well also will be rotating in three months. Uh, Derek, do you have any do you have any thoughts on should Standard have been hit? No, I think it's good that it didn't get hit. I don't think Chain Roller is impressive. I think it's just uh, one of the easier powerful decks to play. Um, I've seen the green-white deck that plays a bunch of X1s and random mana dorks beat the red deck consistently, and I feel like that's one of the decks where people think that it's probably uh, oppressive against. Like, the, I think the only deck that Chain Roller really pushes out of the format is um, Snake, where I think most other decks have adapted to learn to beat it, and I honestly believe that having a best deck in the format is a good idea. Um, I think people are just so used to complaining and having their way and things change that like that they think that that's how the way things should be. Um, but having Teferi Arata is the most ridiculous thing I've heard in a while. We talk about a lot of ridiculous things. Imagine being a new player and you just open a Teferi and it's just different than the way you play it. it and like you just, it, you just can't, you're like, oh, are there other cards like this? No, just this one. Okay, why? Well, because, like, blue-white control can't have any win conditions. Turns out that if they play no win conditions to fairy, they're actually just not playing any win conditions. You just, like, destroy an entire archetype, and you confuse millions of people. Seems like a waste of time and effort, and is a ridiculous statement. Almost as ridiculous as Stoneforge Mystic getting unbanned. Like, why would you buy Stoneforge Mystics? Come on, let's get real here. I don't know. The things that have happened this past week are just, like, just blowing me away. Uh, I... I could barely think of a scenario where, like, a not enfranchised player would use Teferi's minus on itself. Like, it's just, yeah, that that was one of the points that I saw when the person brought up a possible Teferi errata was that no player has ever minus their Teferi on itself with good intentions. And uh, additionally, you were saying it might be confusing for new players, but Hostage Taker has a very similar errata. It can no longer target itself like it's printed. So it's not the most out there for Wizards of the Coast to do. Uh, and uh, obviously, maybe not the best idea. Edgar, do you have any thoughts? Yeah. Uh, well, the difference with Hostage Taker is that Hostage Taker literally broke the game. So they, they kind of, like, their hand was forced with that one. But I think doing it to the fairy would be completely insane. Like, I, I don't even think... People just need to learn how to concede, man. It's just, <laughs> like, what's the difference between your opponent minusing to fairy on itself or your opponent cracking their elixir of immortality for the 14th time and six revving their entire deck. Like it's, it's the exact same thing. Like the, the a control deck in standard is always going to have this inevitability engine where you're a virtual 0% or a literal 0%. And sometimes it looks ho- like you have hope when you don't actually, and people just need to learn when they don't have any hope to win. I actually forgot that Hostage Shaker had Noretta. So, like, I guess it's not as, like, insane as I originally thought, but I still think it's a bad idea, not necessary. I didn't even know it had Noretta. I'm going to be honest. I just don't know why I would ever target a Hostage Shaker with its own ability. It just seems completely ridiculous. Sometimes you just want to call it a day and move on to the next one. Yeah, when I do that, I just stop playing Magic. I don't know. Around this Planeswalker. Yeah, so the, the problem with a uh, Hostage Taker was that if you played it onto an empty board, you'd be forced to target itself, it would exile itself, and then come back into play and be forced to target itself again, so the game would end in a draw. Obviously not what you want to be happening in Magic the Gathering. Uh, you don't want people just drawing games, maybe by, maybe by accident, maybe on purpose. No, get-out-of-jail-free cards. I don't know, it sounds kind of sweet to me. 
Correct like me it. if I'm wrong. If there's another creature, they would have to eventually target it, right? Or it'd be slow play or something like that. Yeah, you'd have to you'd have to make another choice if you were if you had that option. But empty board hostage taker as printed, the game is a draw. I guess it, maybe I should learn to read because I had no idea that hostage taker did that. I thought it was only opponents. That, oh no, you can target your own things. I thought it was always just other creatures. It's because you only play on Moto, and they probably just kings of text there. That would make a lot of sense. Huh. The more you know. Knowledge is power. Uh, we, so Derek mentioned a little bit, Stoneforge Unbanned in Modern, kind of flip-flopping back between formats. Uh, no changes was kind of the favorite here. Do you guys think that an unban needed to happen? I guess Edgar will start with you. Yeah, um... No, I, th- I think Modern's fine right now. I think Stoneforge would probably be okay for the format. It would do some some weird things where, like, it would create this, like, you kind of have to have a removal spell. So like, is a 4-4 really, like, doing broken things in the format? And I know that's not exactly how it works, because they're up a card, and, like, every mid-range deck has to have a win condition, and this was a very efficient one. But I, I think it would be fine for the format, and I wouldn't be surprised if it comes off eventually, but I don't think you need to do anything right now and stir the pot too much. I think modern's fine. Andy, is uh, Stoneforge Mystic too good against your affinity deck? <laughs> like, uh, st- my thoughts on Stoneforge is that Stoneforge is likely safe to be unbanned. But there's just, why the hell would you do it? There's just no, uh, I don't see the upside. Maybe someone could convince me that uh, the upside is there for this card to be legal in the format. But from my point of view, it just seems like it's just another insane pressure point. It just lets people play hollow one without going down to like three cards in hand after they get this four, four, like the cost is so low, but uh, like the format certainly does way more broken things. And like, it is just a four, four and it's a huge like tempo pain in the pain in the butt to like bring it back and replay it. So it's like, like a fatal push will like slow this thing down for many turns, but I I don't understand what the format gains by adding it. I guess the the thing you could argue is that you get to play with this pretty sweet card, but at the same time, the cost is that the gameplay is kind of miserable on it. So is that really adding to the format at all? I don't think so. Derek, any thoughts other than I don't play modern? I think I think. You know, maybe, maybe I should not uh, talk about Stoneforge being unbanned with my history of talking about modern unbannings. But I think if you unban Stoneforge, it will actually warp the format uh, simply because you just put it together with Jace. And I don't know if you played Standard when Cobblade was a thing, but that was really, really broken and unfun as a 15-year-old child learning to play competitive magic. Um, I don't think that that's a good idea at all. And yes, so was fairies, and it's not I, playable. I didn't play fairies during, like, I was lucky enough to miss fairies. Uh, I started with Cobblade, missed fairies, and then started playing competitively again with Sphinx's Revelation. Uh, and those, those decks were extremely unfun, uh, and I don't think, like, like, Humans can be unfun, but it can also be super fun. So I don't know. Playing unbanning so far just seems really, really, really bad to me. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about though. 
Jinger, do you think the issue with Jace is that when you play it, you don't have enough way to gain card advantage with it, so you need to be able to shuffle away your batter skull so you can fetch it again? Is that the problem with Jace in modern format? No, I think that the modern format can just ignore the Jace. It's like you, you play a Jace on four, and it's like, okay, well, I already have the win in my hand, I just need you to tap out. Uh, or I don't care about your Jace, I already have board advantage with humans. Or my meddling mage is on Jace, so you can't actually cast your Jace. Um, whereas like Stoneforge is like, I have something in my hand that you'll die to eventually. The longer this game goes, the more likeliness I have of killing you with it. And I played a Jace on 4, so now I have multiple threats and multiple different axes of beating you. Um, like may- Maybe it doesn't work as good in practice as I thought Jace would, but it seems pretty overpowered to me. Derek, are you worried that Squadron Hawk might be secretly too good for modern? Squadron Hawk is just ancestral recall. Just like Yogmoth's will, or Argo's Bloodfast is Yogmoth's bargain. You know, maybe maybe Argo's Bloodfast should have been banned. That card's restricted in vintage, right? Uh, it's of restricted in vintage. Bargain's not restricted in vintage. No, it's not even good. But it, no, that's a recent recent change, though. It was restricted for a long time. Okay, so feel it, Edgar. Get that out of here. Too powerful for standard. Yeah. I hate All modern. right, well, <laughs> on the I hate modern note, it sounds like uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, thank you again to our patrons at patreon.com slash first strike. Thanks to all the first strike producers, which I cannot name. And uh, thanks to the viewers for coming and checking us out. Uh, on behalf of Andy, Edgar, and Derek, uh, and myself, Elliot, thanks for coming out and watching, and uh, see you next week. Have a good one.